Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Hey, uh, I am glad that you are here and we are going to preach the Word of God this morning. And uh, <clears throat> how many of you have heard this statement? Uh, well, when it's my time, I'll go. You know, when, when it's my time, and uh, it is almost like God has stamped a, um, an expiration date on you, you know, when he, when he created you, that he stamped an expiration date on you, and when it reaches that expiration date, there's nothing you can do about it, you're, you're gone, and until then, uh, there's nothing that can take you out. You know, we're invincible until uh, that expiration date hits, and once it hits, we're gone. And uh, that's the, the mentality that many people have. But I'm going to tell you this morning, what I'm going to share with you is a, is a matter of life and death. I mean, literally, it's a matter of life and death, and if you can grab a hold of what I'm going to share with you today. If you can, if you can get a hold of this and, and uh, receive it and believe it, it literally can save your life. Praise God. Praise God. So I encourage you to pay very careful attention. And, uh, you know, uh, I am like most people. Probably, I would dare say, probably everyone in this room, that you have had someone close to you, someone in your life that, that uh, went to heaven before they should have, before their time. And uh, so I, I, I like to say this when it, because I, I realize that this can be a subject that can, um, if misunderstood, uh, it, it can come across as being hurtful to someone. But I want you to understand that what I'm sharing with you is meant to help you, never to condemn you. Praise God. And I want you to always receive what I share with you. I, I, I give you my word that I would never, ever stand on this platform and preach condemnation to you. Praise God. I, I won't do it. And uh, so I encourage you to receive it with a, uh, with a heart, a pastor's heart that wants to bring you something that's going to help you. Praise God. Because I want you, just as God does, to live long and fulfill your days on this earth. 
Praise God. Praise God. But many have said, well, you know, if it's my time to go, um, then I'll go. If it's not, then I, I won't. And uh, it's as if God has predetermined the time of your death and there's nothing you can do about it one way or the other. Um, but that kind of a mentality, what that causes us to do is to just check out and say, well, it's all up to God. And many people have allowed the devil to take them out before their time. And uh, now, am I saying that there, that there is a time? Well, I think before we, before we just give a, a blanket answer to that, you need to hear what I've got to, to share with you today. Praise God. Because, you know, uh, I know that there was a, a, a move years ago of people that they, they begin to preach and teach that you should never die. And, uh, you know, funny thing is, most of those people are dead. And, uh, you know, so now we don't base what we believe on somebody's experiences. We base what we believe on what God said, okay? So if that were true and all of them died, then it would still be true. Okay, you understand that? Just be, you know, if I'm preaching this to you today and I drop dead while I'm preaching it, then that doesn't change the fact of what God said. All it means is I didn't walk in it. All it means is I didn't experience the, the full blessing of what God had in, in my life or for my life. But uh, uh, we need to grasp this because it literally... And I'll show you some scriptural examples of how it literally saved someone's life. Praise God. Now, um, you know, uh, people say, well, you know, it must have been their time. It must have been their time. Or, well, I, I survived that because it just wasn't my time. And... Uh, you know, we, we want to expose the, the truth or fallacy of that based on the Word of God. Um, in Psalm 90, verse number 10, it says, The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Now, many people have looked at that passage of Scripture and they have said, well, God has promised us 70 years. Well, let me just put this in perspective. This is a psalm penned by Moses. You know, most, most of the psalms were penned by David, but this one, this particular psalm was a psalm of Moses. And Moses... In that psalm, I encourage you to read the entire 90th psalm because in there you will find out what Moses is really talking about. Is he talking about, is he saying God has promised us 70 years? Well, in this passage of Scripture, 
we, in this chapter, we will find out that Moses was emphasizing and saying, God, teach us to make the most of the time we have. He was not saying, this is a, God has promised us 70 or maybe 80 years. You know, first of all, God wouldn't say 70 or 80. You know, do you think God knows what he meant? He would either say 70 or he would say 80 if that's what God meant. Uh, but he is telling us, you know, he goes on, this is the chapter where we have the verse that says, uh, teach us to number our days. And, uh, you know, he's talking about there that we have a limited time on this earth. And I don't care if you live to 200, it's still limited. You know, if you live to 500, even Methuselah, you know, the oldest person to ever live on this earth, he had a limited time. And in the whole scope of eternity, uh, 969 years that he lived was only a, a moment. was only a moment. In fact, the Bible tells us that with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. So if you want to look at it in that, that kind of a perspective, in the, in, in the light of eternity, he didn't even live a day. So, you know... Uh, 70, 80 years is a limited uh, time frame. And Moses is saying here, he's saying, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we can make the best use of the limited time that we have. Okay? So let's get that thought out of our mind that God's promised us 70 years. You know, we all know people didn't make it to 70. We all know people that made it past 70. There's some of you in this room that have made it past 70. And I'm, I'm in a hurry. I am, uh, well, no, I'm not in a hurry, but I am hurrying to get there. I'm, I'm getting there pretty quick. And uh, I'm not 70 yet, but it won't be too long. Praise God. But, uh, you know, if we have that mentality, see, Here's the thing. If I believe that God has promised me 70 years and I hit 71 and I have an opportunity to die, I'm going to think, well, it's my time. God promised me 70 years and I've already exceeded that. So, uh, you know, and so I just lay down and die. Um, and so, you know, here's, here, we need to understand this and we need to get this down. Um, <clears throat> it's funny that this came from Moses who lived 120 years. So Moses himself <coughs> well exceeded the 70 or 80. Praise God. Now, um, in Genesis chapter 6, <coughs> Genesis chapter 6, no, I'm not dying, okay, I just, anybody ever choke on your own spit? <laughs> um, <coughs> um, in Genesis chapter 6, verse number 3, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, 
yet his days shall be 120 years. Now, is that a promise of God for how long you should expect to live? Did God say, you, you, you know, I'm promising you 120 years? You know, I honestly, I have never known someone. I, I've heard of people, but I have never personally known someone that made it to 120. Um, you know, so did God promise us 120 years? So let's look at this and see what he's talking about. In Genesis chapter 6, we're finding God dealing with Noah. In the days of Noah, here's what uh, Noah was a preacher of righteousness, the Bible says. But it says that Noah got a word from God to build an ark. And what we'll find is that Noah um, began to prepare the ark from the time that he received that word until the flood came on the earth was 120 years. And that's what God was talking about when he said his day shall be 120 years. He said, in 120 years from now, I'm going to send the flood on the earth. And uh, furthermore, there's some typology here that we need to see. Um, often the scripture counts time in terms of jubilee years. A jubilee year is 50 years. <clears throat> and so if you count in jubilee years, what's 120 times 50? Anybody quick on their, on their math? 6,000. Okay. Where are we at? You know, if you believe in, in the biblical account of creation and you, you know, where are we at in time? We are right at the 6,000 year point. Okay. You know, give or take a little bit. We don't know exactly, precisely where we are. You know, and a question that's come to my mind too, did God start counting at the fall or did God start counting at creation? You know, we read the account of, of, of Genesis and it sounds like um, God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden and before the day was over, they fell, they sinned. Uh, but I don't believe that's the case. I don't know how long we have no indication that, that I am able to point to in Scripture anyway, of how long it was from the time that they were created and put in the garden until they fell. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we are right at the 6,000-year point. Praise God. And so, Joe, I appreciate that so much. Thank you, brother. But um, this is what God was talking about. And he says, man, his days would be 120 years. So it was going to be 120 years before he sent the flood on the earth. And then it was going to be 120 jubilee years for, uh, for man's time, for his, 
he, I, I didn't mean that man's going to be destroyed at, at that point, but I mean until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, man's time to rule and reign on this earth, uh, you know, before Jesus comes back uh, at 120 Jubilee years. Now, um, you know, the, the, the thought struck me in this that um, many people are really quick to want to talk about and want to focus in on the limitations. Well, you know, and, and here's an example. It's not even, it's not even scriptural, but, but here's an example. Uh, the, the example is you hear people all the time saying, well, God promised to supply our needs, not our wants. Now, why would they say that? First of all, you know, uh, it is messed up thinking that we always want to focus on the limitations instead of our unlimited God. And, you know, I want to take your attention off of the limitation and get your attention on the limitlessness of God and the limitlessness of what He can do for you and through you and the limitless of the potential that we have in Christ. Let's, let's get our focus off of the limits, trying to figure out where the limits are. And, uh, uh, you know, it is, it is the nature of fallen humanity to want to focus you got a little help, a little supernatural help. So you got a devil that wants you to get focused on the limitations because he wants you to have a limit mentality. Well, God can only forgive you this many times. God, can, God only loves you this much. God can only do this much for you. God can, you know, he, he, he will only do this, you know, and we put boundaries and limits on God all the time when God says this, and I find no limit on this statement whatsoever, unto him who is able to do, and remember anytime the Bible says he's able to do something, he would never tell us he's able to do something unless he's willing to do it. You know, God's not messing with your head saying, I can do this, but I'm not going to. You know, God, that's, that's contrary to his nature, contrary to his character. And, but the scripture says he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think. See, so the only limit is my asking and my thinking. The limit's not on God. The limit's on what I can ask or think. And even I'm, I'm not limited in that, but, you know, uh, in, in the sense that I can expand my expectations. I can expand what I can believe for. I can expand what I can ask for. I can expand my thinking. Praise God. And I want to encourage you to expand your thinking beyond what even the Christian world has said are the limits. Let's, let's go beyond that. Let's get past those limitations, praise God, and let God you know, ask, 
for the biggest thing you can ask for, the biggest thing you can imagine, and then let God do exceeding abundantly above and beyond that. Praise God. Praise God. You know, however long you think, you, you know, you may go to the doctor and they say, well, you know, your parents had this disease and that disease and, you know, they, you can expect your days to be this and here's how, here's how long you have and, you know, and we accept those limitations when God wants us to say, you know, I accept your unlimitedness. Praise God. Praise God. Now, let's look at this. Here's a, here's a verse for you to focus in on. Psalm 118, verse number 17. I shall not die, but live. Instead of focusing on, well, when am I going to die? You know, how long can I expect before I die? No, I shall not die, but live. And declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Plan on living. Praise God. Everybody's planning for their death. How about planning on living as diligently as you plan for your death? Praise God. Praise God. I'm planning to live. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 2. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Talking about the children of Israel. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. See, many people have more faith in the limitations than they have in the limitlessness of God. Praise God. So let's, let's begin to grab a hold of this, this idea that I'm sharing with you today. Begin to grab a hold of this with your faith. Mix it with faith. The reason the gospel did not profit the Jews or the children of Israel the reason it didn't profit them is because they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. See, in their mind, they were thinking, in fact, the Scripture says, in their minds, they returned to Egypt. They didn't physically return to Egypt, but in their minds, they went back to Egypt. And many times, we've died in our mind before we physically die. We get so death conscious and so, well, you know, and I hear people start talking like this. Well, I just pray that God will just let me go in my sleep. Anybody ever heard someone say that? You know, well, I just pray that I don't have to suffer long. Why don't we focus on living long instead of suffering long? Praise God. Praise God. I'm planning to live. Hallelujah. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. 
Well, what was the gospel preached to them? The gospel is good news. The good news to, to them, the children of Israel, was that they would make it into, or they would, God would bring them into the promised land. That was the good news that was preached to them. Now, there's types and shadows throughout all that, types and shadows of Christ, so we could say that, that the gospel of Christ was preached to them as well. But the good news to them was that they would go and God would bring them into the promised land, but they did not believe the message that was preached to them. They refused to believe it, and in their minds, they returned to Egypt. But he's saying here, let's not be like them. We have a message that has been preached to us. We have a gospel that has been preached to us. We have some good news that has been preached to us. Let's believe the good news. Let's mix that with faith. Praise God. Praise God. Now, you know, let, let's get our focus off of the limitations. Well, what's my limit? What's my limit? How much, you know, you hear people all the time griping about prosperity preachers. Now, what's the problem they have with prosperity preachers? How much? It's how much, you know. I, I don't think anybody has a problem with me because I don't, you know, my income does not exceed their, their limit of what they think income should be. So, so nobody gripes about me. But, but if, if my income was to rise to a point that, uh, that is, be, and it's usually whatever their income is. You can, you, your income can be up to whatever theirs is, but don't go beyond what theirs is. That's where they start having a problem with you, you know. And so, um, you know, how much is too much blessing? The Bible talks about Abraham, says he was very rich. And if you read what Abraham had, his possessions, you know, we would still consider it to be very rich even today. Praise God. Praise God. And so, you know, let's, let's get off of the limitations. Let's, you know, we want to impose the limits and say, well, you shouldn't have more than this. You shouldn't have more than that. You know, this much is, you know, I don't find anywhere in the Scripture where it, it puts limitations on how much wealth a person should have. No. I don't find any, that, that anywhere in the Scripture. I don't find it in the Scripture as to how healthy you should be. I don't find anywhere in the Scripture where it says that you can be blessed too much. You know, God wants to bless you and you to be a blessing. And the more I'm blessed, the more blessing I can be. Praise God. Praise God. So, you know, uh, I'm not content to stay where I am. Now, am I satisfied in the sense that I'm, you know, I'm thankful for what I have and where I am? Yes, absolutely. But 
I'm not satisfied if I'm not moving forward, if I'm not progressing. So if I progress, then that means I'll have more tomorrow than I have today. Praise God. Praise God. Now, look at this. Uh, you know, there are... Sometimes we have two opposing opinions, and both of them can't be true. Only one can be true. You know, let's go or let's stay. We can't go and stay at the same time. It's not possible. All right, so, so uh, sometimes we hear a word that contradicts another word. Both cannot be true because they're, they're opposites of one another. I can't go that way and that way at the same time. It's just not possible, okay? So here, let me, let me share with you what I'm talking about. Luke chapter 8, verse number 22. says, Now it happened on a certain day, or on a certain day, that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, now notice what he said, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Now, who said that? Jesus said that to his disciples. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Now, let's read on. And they launched out, but as they sailed... He fell asleep, and the windstorm came down on the lake, and they were fill, filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Now, let's remember the words of Jesus who said, Let's go over to the other side. And let's compare that to the words that they said, we are perishing. Is it possible that they could go over to the other side and perish? Could they do both? Could they go to the other side and perish at the same time? Have you ever had the Lord say something to you and then a circumstance comes along that contradicts what the Lord said to you? Do you realize that both can't be true? So which one are you going to believe? Now, let, let's go on and read. And they said, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, many times we, we look at this and we think, Where is your faith? And we, we see that is in, Why didn't you rebuke the winds and the waves? Jesus asked him, he said, where is your faith? He didn't say, why didn't you rebuke the wind? Why didn't you rebuke the, the storm? No, he, he just asked him a simple question, where is your faith? Well, 
let me submit this to you. Their faith was not in what Jesus said. Their faith is what they saw with, with their natural eyes. That's where their faith was. Their faith was in the wind and the waves. Their faith, you know, was in what they were seeing with their physical eyes and experiencing in the, in the storm that day. But Jesus is saying, didn't I say to you, let's go to the other side? Jesus didn't rebuke the wind and the waves until they got upset about it. Jesus was in the ship asleep. He wasn't standing on the deck of the ship rebuking the winds and the waves. And that's not what he was expecting them to do. He was expecting them to believe what he said, we're going to the other side. Praise God. And so sometimes, you know, when circumstances and situations come along in our life that seem to contradict what God said, Jesus is not expecting you to always be casting down this, casting down that, casting out this and that, and, you know, and rebuking this and rebuking that. He said, just believe what I said. Just believe what I said. When I have an opportunity to die, I don't need to be rebuking death all the time. I just need to believe what he said. I shall live and not die and declare the, the glory of the Lord. Praise God. You know, uh, many times when we, when we start making these, uh, when we start doing this rebuking thing, and I'm not saying that that's, that that's wrong, but here's what I, I want you to get, that oftentimes our rebuking is actually an expression of fear. Many times we're, we're casting this thing down because we're afraid of it. Not because we're not afraid of it. When Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves, he wasn't doing that because he was afraid he was going to perish too. He was doing that because they were afraid they were going to perish. He was asleep in the boat till they woke him up. Praise God. Praise God. You know, let, we let the storms rattle us sometimes, and we start really, uh, we, we get so focused on it, and we're, you know, well, bless God, you know, I'm going to live and not die. And the reason we're saying that is not because we believe we're going to live and not die. We're saying that because we really believe we're going to die. Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. We're really saying that a lot of times because we believe we're going to die. And we think that if we say we're going to live and not die, then maybe, somehow, perhaps we won't. But we really think we're going to. Jesus was asleep in the boat. He wasn't standing on the deck of the boat rebuking the wind and the waves. He was going to the other side. He believed what he said. Praise God. Now, they were fearful 
for their lives. Now, get this. The fact that Jesus said, let's go to the other side, and they said we're perishing, both could not be true. What has God told you that circumstances seem to contradict? Are you going to believe what he said? Or are you going to believe the circumstances? Because sometimes your circumstances will contradict what he said. Praise God. Praise God. Now, in Luke chapter 8, verse 25, Jesus questioned their faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did they hear the word of God? Did they hear Jesus speak? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. You see, once you heard from God, you've got something you can connect your faith to. They could have connected with the words of Jesus. Well, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. He's never failed us yet. He said, we're going to the other side, so we're going to the other side. Let's leave him alone. Let's let him sleep. Praise God. Praise God. But once you've got a word from God, now I'm going to tell you this. This right here is better than life insurance. Life insurance only pays up after you die. Okay? But this will keep you from dying. Hallelujah. This is better than life insurance. Connect with the Word of God. Connect with the vision that He's put in front of you. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. Why? Because they got nothing to connect their faith to. Praise God. Got nothing to connect their faith to. So what is the last thing that the Lord told you to do? Get, get this. If He told you to do something... And then you have, an you have not done it yet. Now, you're in the process of doing it. You, you just haven't finished what he's given you to do. For instance, God's given me a vision of things to do as far as this church is concerned. He, he put this in front of me and, and, and set this vision before me. And he gave me some things to do here. I am in the process of doing it not finished yet. So, if I have an opportunity to die this afternoon, I can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is not my time because God would not tell me to do something and then it be my time to go before I get it done. Now, if God's given you something to do and you're doing nothing towards that, we've got another issue altogether here. But if God's given you something to do and you are actively involved in doing it but you're not finished yet, I assure you there's other reasons too, but for this one reason right here, I assure you, if he's given you something to do and you're in the process of doing it but haven't finished it yet, it is not your time. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So if you're thinking it's your time, 
go back and see, what, has God told me to do something that I haven't finished doing yet? Then you can answer that question most emphatically, it is not my time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, because you can't do both. You can't fail and succeed. Praise God. Jesus said, let's cross to the other side. Hallelujah. But they didn't connect to that. They didn't connect to it with their faith. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18, says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And he's not talking about keeping the Mosaic law, but he's, he's talking about he that, that continues with the vision that God's given you. Praise God. Now, I encourage you, if you don't know what God's, what, what God's given you to do, you say, well, you know, I'm just out here just kind of hoping to make it through life. Let me tell you, the best thing you can do, not go to the gym. I'm not saying don't go to the gym, but I'm just saying that, that going to the gym is not the best thing you can do. Eating more healthy, that's a good thing to do, but that's not the best thing you can do. The best thing that you can do is to begin to ask God to give you a vision. Praise God. Ask God to give you a vision, something that you can set before you that you're moving towards. And once God speaks a vision to your heart and gives you a goal to shoot for, praise God, then you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that until you have completed it. That's why the Apostle Paul came down to the end of his life and he said, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. Until then... He wasn't finished until he had finished his course. Praise God. Praise God. And then once he had finished his course, then he said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord himself shall give me on that day. Praise God. And when you die like that, having finished your course, then you have, you have done what God intended, how, how you have, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, but God did not stamp an expiration date on you. Hallelujah. And, oh my goodness, I got another 45 minutes on this, but, uh, but I will show some restraint and I will pick this up at a later time. Anybody getting anything out of this? Praise God. Praise God. We don't have to be finished with this for you to begin to ask God to give you a vision. Praise God. Praise God. Now, we've preached vision many times like, like that always meant you were supposed to 
standing in the pulpit and become an evangelist or, or you know, or, or a missionary or something like that. No, 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 no. That's not what it always means. It might mean that, but that's not what it always means. Praise God. Sometimes, you see, the vision God gives you is to just bring his influence into the place where you are. Praise God. And, uh, and if I start down that road, I'm going to be in a while. So I better not. But uh, anyway, today, right now, let's just take a moment right where you're sitting just begin to say, now, I, you, you know, you might not get a vision before you leave here today. Maybe not. But God will begin to put goals and things in your, in, in your heart. Some things that, you know, you were created with purpose. You're not here by accident. And I don't care what the circumstances of your birth were. God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, and he, he declared a divine purpose for you. Praise God. And you need, to, you need to get a hold of that and begin to hear what God is saying to you and pursue that with your whole heart, and I assure you it will be better than life insurance. Praise God. I shall live and not die, and I will declare the glory of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, maybe you haven't made the first step. very first step is to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And if if I'm talking to someone today that you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, his first goal for you is that you be saved. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's will for every person on this planet is that you be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Praise God. So if you have not done step one, been saved. That's God's biggest goal for you right there. That's his biggest vision for you is that you be saved. And it's really easy to be saved. You to be saved doesn't depend on what, you know, I'm not going to give you a list of things you got to do. I'm going to give you one thing you got to believe. Praise God. You got to believe that Jesus paid for your sins rose from the dead because he had fully paid hallelujah so if that's you today just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible says and you will be saved in your house praise God so right now it's real simple Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 say this if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Just that easy. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Praise God. 
So I'm going to lead everyone. I want everyone to say this with me. We're going to pray a prayer. And if you'll join in this prayer, when we say amen, if you mean what you're saying, then the moment you say amen, you will be saved. Just that quick. Just that easy. Praise God. Let's pray this together. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for my sins. And having paid for my sins in full, you raised him from the dead. Today I choose Jesus, and I put my trust in that statement. Jesus is my Lord. And from this moment forward, I want to know you. I want to follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for paying my debt. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you prayed that and you meant that, God's Word says you are saved. Praise God. So here's what I want you to do. If you're sitting in this room today, the back of the blue card in front of you, there's a place, a box to check there. If you just kind of fill out that card and check that box, we just want to know that you prayed the prayer. Praise God. So we can encourage you in that. If you're watching online, there is a book. In fact, this goes for both those in the room and those online as well. If, there, if you go to my website, wolcarlsbad.com, You'll find a place there where you can download a free iBook or, or Kindle version of the book for I, I, iPhone or an Android version. You can download that free book called I Choose Jesus. If you'll download that, that book, the purpose of it, it's free of charge, and the purpose of it is to help you get started following Jesus. Praise Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love.